0: Well, good morning, Genesis. My name is Michael. I serve here as one of the pastors and want to say thanks for tuning in with us. Uh, Whether you're watching on Facebook Live right now, super thankful that you're there or you're watching uh, via our website, we are super thankful that you can tune in. But to be honest, I just want to let you know that we miss you. Uh, It's a little bit awkward in a completely empty sanctuary right now but uh, we're loving the technology that we have to do this, but uh, we absolutely miss you. It's not anywhere close to the same not having you here with us, but we're super thankful that you're joining us from uh, wherever you might be right now. I'm guessing this moment is a moment that we are all in that we will not soon forget. I know for me over the 47 years that I've been on this planet, I've never experienced a moment like we are all experiencing right now. I mean, all of humanity is in this shared moment. Uh, We're all thinking about, we're all talking about one thing, rightly so, COVID-19. Now, for many, the moment that we are all in right now has caused probably a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of frustration. There is a, a lot of worry and a lot of fear. Uh, and as I've been thinking about this shared moment that we are all in it together right now, there's one question that I have been asking myself a lot. And it's this question of what do you want to remember from this moment that we are in right now? What is it that you really want to remember most about this moment that we are in right now? I'm guessing. Some of you, if not a lot of us, would say, actually, Michael, I prefer to completely forget about this moment that we're in right now. Well, I understand why you would think that, why you would even say that. And I know for me, when I look back uh, towards those moments in my life that I would choose to forget, they're often the moments that I actually wasted when I was in them. And for me, and I hope for you as well, this will not be a wasted moment that we will not waste what God has for us in this moment. And so let me ask you again, what is it that you want to remember from this moment that we are all in right now? I mean, it cannot be the thing that we remember more than anything about this moment that we're in is how the world ran out of toilet paper. It cannot be what we remember most about this moment is that was the time Tom Brady completely abandoned New England. It cannot be the thing that we remember most is how I learned to wash my hands a hundred times a day for at least 20 seconds. It cannot be what we remember most is the amount of Facebook wars that were taking place over how seriously we should be taking this virus. Now, all of these things are actually happening in this moment, but they cannot be the thing that we will remember most from the moment that we are in. I'm guessing for a lot of people, the thing that they will remember most is something that they would prefer to forget, because this moment is hard, it's challenging, it's trying, and so I think for some, what you're going to remember is, that was the moment I lost my job. Or that was the moment that I lost a lot of my income and my finances. And for some, you'll remember, well, that was the moment that I lost a lot of freedoms that I had grown so accustomed to. And I hope this is not the case, but I'm guessing one of the things that you would choose, hopefully not to have to remember, is someone who actually caught the virus. And hopefully we won't have to experience this, but maybe a family or friend actually lost their life these again are all very real things that are happening right now in this moment that we are in. But when you look back, whether it's six weeks from now, six months from now, or even six years from now, what do you want to remember most about the moment that we are all in together right now? I know for me, the desire that I have for myself and the entire Genesis community, what I'd love for all of us to remember more than anything about this generational moment that we are in right now is simply this. We walked with God. We simply walked with God. That you can look back in the coming weeks, months, even years, and say, that was the moment that I really walked with God in a way that I've never walked with God before. That rather than walking in anxiety and fear and stress, and just worry, I remember more than anything about this moment that I actually walked with God in new ways. And maybe for some, if you're listening to this message right now, or you will in the coming weeks, maybe what you'll remember most about this moment is, you would say, at that moment, I didn't even know who God was. I didn't have a relationship with God. But that was the moment I began the journey of a lifetime. What you would remember about this moment is you would say, that was a moment I was filled with so many questions and I met the God who had answers. What you would remember about this moment is I was filled with anxiety and fear and worry and I didn't even have any hope. But what I remember most about that moment is I met the God who gave me rest and peace and hope and joy. Again, it would be an understatement to say that the moment that our planet is having right now is tremendous. This is a huge moment that we are in. But what I don't want any one of us to miss about this moment that we're all in right now is simply this. This is a God moment that we're in. This is absolutely a God moment that our entire planet is having. And because this is a God moment, I don't want to waste what God has for me in the moment. I don't want you to waste what God has for you in this moment. I don't want us to waste what God has for us in this moment. So if we're being honest, and all that we would remember from this moment is the amount of shows that we burned through and Hulu and Netflix and Prime and Disney+, Plus, we'll have wasted this moment. If what we're going to remember most about this moment is all the social media wars that we engaged in, we will have wasted this moment. If what we're going to remember more than anything is social distancing and having to wash our hands, well, we will have wasted this moment. There's nothing inherently wrong with those things, but I'm confident that God actually has more for you. He has more for me. He has more for all of us in this moment, and I don't want any one of us to waste it. So let me just ask the question. How do we not waste the moment that we are in? Is there one thing that you and I can begin doing in this moment that would help us not to waste the moment that God has us in? One of the things that I love in reading the Bible is you meet so many different men and women and you get to enter into the moments that they had throughout their life. And as you read through the scriptures, you're going to see there's so many moments that there was absolute just joy and amazing things that were happening. But as you read the stories through Scripture, you're going to see many moments in Scripture where men and women and entire peoples had to experience painful and confusing and tragic moments, much like we're in right now. And the one thing that the Bible teaches that changes the moments that we are in is this. It's prayer. Those who prayed did not waste the moment that God had them in. I want you to be clear on that. Those who chose to pray in the moment did not waste the moment that God had them in. This morning, I want to introduce you to two very specific characters who chose to pray in the moment that God had placed them in. And because of that, they did not waste the moment God had placed them in. First up, I want you to meet a man named Gideon. Uh, His story is told in the book of Judges. And in the context of what's happening in Judges, the nation of Israel is under attack, meaning their survival as a people, their survival as a nation is not looking good. And so God appears to a very young and a very inexperienced leader named Gideon. And this is his story in Judges chapter 6, starting in verse 12. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why? Why has all of this happened to us? And where are all the miracles that our ancestors had told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. When you read those few verses, can you feel Gideon's pessimism? God with us? Is that some kind of joke? Clearly God is not with us in this moment because if he were, we wouldn't be experiencing this moment that we are in right now. I mean, how many of us can connect with and relate with Gideon and his pessimism? God were with us, well, where was God in Wuhan when this entire virus broke out? Or where was God in this moment when I just lost my job? Or where was God when the entire nation, country of Italy, was shut down? Can we connect with Gideon and his pessimism? If God was in this moment, then why is this happening? Well, I love how God actually responds to Gideon He doesn't respond to his pessimism. Rather, he reminds Gideon of the moment that Gideon is in. In Judges 6, verse 14, Then the Lord turned to him, to Gideon, and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. I mean, talk about a moment that Gideon is experiencing right now. God, you want me to go do what? I mean, are you serious? In this moment right now, you are sending me to go lead and to conquer this army that is crushing us right now. See, for Gideon, this was a desperate and a dire moment, but now it was also a very confusing moment because it didn't make sense what God was asking him to do. And I wonder if you might be able to relate with Gideon in this moment as well. It's a dire, desperate situation, and it's also confusing. God, what do you want me to do in this moment? And so when you're in that moment where it feels dire and desperate, but it's also somewhat confusing, how do you respond to God in that moment? Is your response one of, you begin to stress out, you begin to freak out, you begin to be filled with anxiety and just all sorts of worry and panic? Well, if that is your first response, well, then you'll waste the moment that God actually has invited you in too. I love what Gideon decided to do in order to not waste the moment that he was in. This is his prayer in Judges chapter 6, verse 36. Gideon said to God, If you are truly going to rescue Israel as you promised, well, then prove it to me this way. I will put a wolf fleece on the threshing floor tonight, And if this fleece, meaning a towel, if this fleece is wet with dew in the morning, but the ground is dry, then I will know you are going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. Gideon prays what I'll just simply call is a ridiculous prayer. God, here's the deal. If you're really in this moment and you're really inviting me into something specific in this moment, then I'm going to put this towel on the ground. And I want you to make this towel wet but I want the ground to be dry around the towel. God, if you can do that, then I'll enter into the moment you have for me. Well, it's a good chance that God's going to rebuke him in this moment. God's going to correct him for praying such a ridiculous prayer. But that's not what God does to Gideon. This is God's response to Gideon's ridiculous prayer in Judges 6, verse 38. And that is just what happened. God did what Gideon asked God to do. Now, some might be thinking, well, in this moment, Gideon's going to be filled with all sorts of joy and excitement and say, God, you can count me in. You've answered my prayer. I'll do whatever you want me to in this moment. But that's not what Gideon does. In Judges 6, verse 39, then Gideon said to God, please don't be angry with me, but let me make just one more request. Let me use the fleece for one more test. This time, let the fleece remain dry while the ground around it is wet with dew. One more crazy, audacious, ridiculous prayer. God, this time, I want to see a dry towel and a wet ground. Well, guess what? God says, okay, Gideon, if that's your prayer, this is what God did for Gideon and his prayer in Judges 6. So that night, God did as Gideon had asked. There was no correction, there was no rebuke from God to Gideon for praying such a big, bold, audacious prayer. And so, what I don't want you and I to miss is this the simple truth that prayer propelled Gideon to not waste the moment that God had him in. There was a tremendous connection between Gideon and how he prayed and him not wasting the moment that God had put him in. I want you to meet a second character, and his name is Joshua. Joshua is leading the people of God into a battle that God had said, Joshua, I want you to enter into this battle. But the moment in this battle was not going according to what Joshua had planned to happen. See, God had made a promise that Joshua, before this day ends, the battle will end and you guys will be victors. But as the day was going on and the sun was beginning to set, it was getting later on in the day, well, in that moment... The battle was still raging on. And again, how many of us can relate now with Joshua in this moment that he was in? You had set out in a certain direction, all the plans that you had, but now all of your plans because of COVID-19 have been completely changed. How do you respond in moments when you have a plan and it's not going according to the plan that you had? What is your first response? Is it to Stress out and to freak out and to begin to complain and worry and be filled with anxiety. Because if that's your response when your plan is not going according to your plan, well, then it will become a wasted moment. I absolutely love and absolutely am inspired by what Joshua did when he found himself in this moment. He began to pray. In Joshua chapter 10, verse 12, on that day, on the day, The Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites. Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. He said, let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Ashlon. Now you heard me read that verse correctly. Joshua prayed for the sun to stand still so that his enemies would not escape him before the end of the day. Listen to how God responded now to Joshua's audacious, bold, ridiculous prayer for the sun to stand still and for the moon to stay in place. Joshua 10, verse 13, so the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. The sun stayed in the middle of the sky and it did not set on a normal, as on a normal day. There has never been a day like this one before or since when the Lord answered such a prayer. Again, Joshua did not waste the moment that God had placed him in because he simply prayed. Now, I'm guessing some of you, if not a lot of you, might be thinking to yourselves, Michael, these examples, these two examples that you have given to us today are so far out there. I mean, the sun standing still and dry and wet towels, it just seems too crazy for our modern minds and hearts to comprehend something like that ever happening in today's day and age. Now, I would be lying to you if I told you I wasn't having those exact same thoughts, but the question that I've been very convicted about this past week is this. Why are we so afraid to pray big, radical, audacious, crazy prayers? Why are we so afraid to pray prayers that you might deem are just big and crazy, audacious, radical types of prayers? Like, why do we just settle for praying prayers that sound like, God, can you please help me find a parking spot today? Or God, I'm about to have some mac and cheese for dinner. Can you just bless that? Or God, I just really would like to have a good day. I haven't had one in a while, so can you just please make sure I have a good day? I'm not saying that these are bad prayers, but I'm just not sure they actually truly reflect who God is, what God is like, and all that God can do. Meaning, God is so much bigger, so much bigger than parking spots, mac and cheese, and just men and women having a really good day. How many of you have prayed since COVID-19 happened? God, my one prayer is, destroy COVID-19 completely obliterate it from the face of the earth. Like, How many of you pray that prayer? I'm hoping that a lot of us have been actually praying that prayer, but here's where the problem comes. I've been praying that prayer, but it doesn't seem like God is answering that one prayer like He answered the prayer for Gideon or like He answered the prayer for Joshua. So why isn't God answering that prayer for us? We're praying it, so why isn't He answering this prayer? My answer is pretty simple. I have absolutely no idea. But what I do know is this. In this moment that we are in right now, we must begin praying prayers that truly reflect who God is. We must begin praying prayers that are consistent with who God is, what God is like, and all that God can do. I mean, I wonder if so many of us, have never seen our that could never happen turn into, wow, that just happened because we simply never pray. The prayers recorded in the Bible are often so much bigger than what we pray because their prayers reflected what they believed about God, namely who He is and what He's like. They believe that God could make the sun stand still. They believe that God could make a towel wet and the dry and the ground dry and then reverse that the next day. I'm guessing for many, what keeps us, what keeps you and I from praying these big, audacious, radical, crazy types of prayers is the question of, gosh, who am I to pray something like that? I'm not Gideon. I'm certainly not Joshua. God's never going to answer my big, bold prayer like He did for them. But one of the New Testament authors, his name is James, wrote a letter, and he talked a lot about prayer in his letter. And specifically, he talked about you and I not wanting, uh, wanting, not wanting us to think that God only answers the prayers of the spiritual giants, that there's only a certain type of prayer that God will answer. And this is what James says in James 5, Elijah, who was a prophet of God, Elijah was as human as we are. And yet, when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. And then he prayed again. The sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Did you catch? Did you catch what James wants us to see, to know, to understand that Elijah was no different than you? Elijah is no different than me. The moment. That Elijah was in was not wasted because he simply prayed a prayer that reflected who God is, what God is like, and what God can do. This is a generational moment that you and I, the entire planet, is in right now. And how you decide to begin praying will shape the moment that you are in, how we as a community begin to pray, will shape the moment that God has us in. As I look back over my life, there are so many moments that I would say were wasted moments because I simply did not do the one thing that I knew would change the moment that I was in. Praying prayers that reflected who God is. And I wonder if so many of us right now are just struggling to find peace, to find rest, to find hope in this moment because we're simply not doing the one thing that we know will forever change the moment that we are in. Praying prayers that reflect who God is and what God is like. See, when you and I make the decision to begin praying prayers that reflect this is who God is, well, we are communicating three specific things to God— Number one, when you begin to pray, you communicate to God, God, I trust you. Every time you pray, you're communicating to God that, God, I trust you. If there's been one thing that has been challenging about these past few weeks, it's been the question of, who do I even trust in this moment right now? There are so many different ideas and opinions about what's happening in this moment. Who do I actually listen to? Who do I actually trust? I see that there are three camps of people. There's the camp, the first camp of of people would be the folks who have been building bomb shelters, stockpiling weapons, and purchasing as much gold as they possibly can. And now they're smiling right now saying, we told you this was going to happen. And then there's another camp of people. And in this camp, it's a bunch of people are just saying, why is everyone freaking out right now? Calm down, just wash your hands. All of this will be okay. And then there's a camp of people that are simply saying, don't even look at me right now out of fear that you're going to give them the virus. Now, I want to be clear. I think there is incredible wisdom in practicing social distancing, not going out in public if you don't need to. But all of these different camps of people have led to a lot of confusion of who are we supposed to trust right now? Well, when you pray... When you make the decision to begin praying prayers that reflect who God is and what God is like, you communicate to God that, God, I trust you. God, I absolutely trust you in this moment. I trust who you are. I trust what you say. I trust what you're doing. I trust your timing. I trust your purposes in this moment. Second thing that we communicate to God when we begin to pray prayers that reflect who he is, is we communicate to God that I need you. Every time you stop and begin to pray, you're communicating to God that, God, more than anything in this moment, I need you. Everything in me, and I'm guessing everything in a lot of us right now, just wants to escape this moment and soak up as much entertainment as we possibly can. I mean, if you were to be honest with yourself and look at how much time you've actually spent on social media, how much time you spent on Disney+, Hulu, Netflix, and Prime, and added up all of those hours versus how much time you've actually just spent with God in prayer. Where is the balance of time for you? Because every time that you and I begin to pray, what we're communicating to God is, God, I need you in this moment more than anything else. One of the things that I've learned a lot about prayer over the years is this. Prayer does not always change our circumstance, but it will always change us. Prayer does not always change our circumstance or our situation, but it will always change us. And because prayer changes us, that means it will change how I walk through and navigate the moment that God has me in. The third thing that we communicate to God when we begin to pray is simply this. God, I love you. Every time you stop and begin praying prayers that reflect who God is, you communicate to God that, God, I love you. God, rather than watch the fourth season of Swamp People, I'm going to choose to enter into this moment and just be with you in prayer because I love you. God, rather than scour Facebook right now to see who I should like, who I should correct, and who I should criticize, I'm choosing to be with you in prayer because I love you. When we make the choice of rather than just seeking to be entertained and escape, what we're communicating to God is, God, in prayer, I love you. If you don't want to waste the moment, that God has you in right now, the moment that God honestly has all of us in right now, then I'm inviting you to begin praying prayers that reflect who God is, praying prayers that reflect what God is like, praying prayers that reflect all that God can do. Because I hope whether it's six weeks or six months or six years from now, what you will remember most about this moment is how you walked with God, And what will shape how you walk with God in this moment is you and I beginning to pray prayers that reflect who God is, what God is like, and all that God can do. So rather than walking today and tomorrow, this week and next week, filled with anxiety and fear and worry and stress, let prayer begin to redefine the moment that you are in so that when you do look back, you'll remember how you walked with God in this moment And for those of you who are either watching right now or might be listening or watching weeks from now, if this is the moment where you'd be honest and have to say to yourself, I don't even know who God is. I've not made that decision to begin that relationship with God. What I want you to hear of what God is saying to you is you can trust me. You can trust me. You don't have to trust yourself to get yourself to me. You don't have to trust your works and your performance and your spirituality and your morality. You can trust me because God has made a way for you to know Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. God's invitation to you is not work your way, be a great person, and you'll eventually find me. The message that God is, you can trust me because I've provided a way for you to know me through faith in my Son, His life, His death, and His resurrection. What God would want you to know in this moment that you're in is that you need Him more than anything else. You need Him in a relationship with Him. There's nothing this side of heaven that will bring meaning and purpose and significance and value and worth and joy to your life. The only thing that brings meaning and purpose to our existence is that friendship and relationship with the one who created us to know Him. And he made a way for us to actually know him through his son, Jesus Christ. And what God would want you to know in this moment is that you're loved. You're not loved for some future version of yourself of who you might be one day. He loves you as you are now, today. And the way that he communicated just how much he loves you is he sent his son to live a perfect life, to die a painful death on the cross, to pay penalty for our wrongdoings, to pay penalty for our sins against a holy God, so that anyone who would look to faith in Christ and Christ alone, not themselves, not their works, but just Christ alone, could begin the journey that would not only change life here, but change eternity. So if you have not yet made that decision to be in relationship with God, let that be what you'll remember most about this moment, is you began a relationship with a God who knows you, who loves you, and invited you to walk with him through faith in Christ. Let me pray for us.